The Burbank survivors are rushing to get back to BWP. Some have to take alternate routes. Some are trapped and unable to get through the hordes of zombies. This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. The phone rang a few times before a voice answered. Congratulations, listener! You are the fifth caller! You win! Keiko paused a moment before asking, There were four more who called? That's just the way I talk, listener. Some habits are hard to break. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? My name is Keiko. I'm here with several other survivors. Well, hello, Keiko. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Who are you? I'm your host, Gavin Johnson, the only surviving DJ on the air. How long have you been broadcasting? On and off since this craziness began. I was just an assistant, but now I run the show. That's quite a promotion. It certainly is. And where are you calling from, listener? Several survivors and I have been hiding at the Water and Power Building near downtown. Is that so? That must be how we've kept power on to be able to keep broadcasting. Yes. Well, maybe you can use your signals to call out to the world and see if you can get a response? Maybe. You see, we've tried to call out, but it seems all cell phones and long distance have been blocked so we can't get a signal out of the area. Your transponders could be the only hope. There was silence for a few moments. Then a voice said, You all should come over here. Join us at the station. That might be a good idea. We could call out to see who's listening together, Keiko said. There was a silence again, but this time Keiko saw that another call was coming in through line two. Can you hold on a moment? Keiko asked, and she switched to the other line. Yes, she asked. I've been listening to you on the radio, the new voice said urgently. Don't trust them. They're dangerous. They've been luring people to their building, then killing them and eating their bodies. Keiko's blood froze. Did you say eating them? she asked. Yes. Don't tell them anything about yourself. Keiko looked at her radio. She had turned it down when she called into the station. Now she turned it up again. She heard the radio DJ saying, I want to give a shout out to Keiko at Burbank Water and Power. She and some friends have been holing up there, hiding from all the dangers and keeping themselves safe from the baddies. So all of you out there, give them a big round of applause and drop on by to show your love. Nestor leaned into the room and asked what was going on. Keiko turned to him with fear in her widened eyes. I think I just told cannibals where we are. Cannibals? Nestor asked confused. Keiko nodded and she explained the two calls. Get back on the phone, Nestor said. Keiko was already shaking her head. Nestor stepped to her and held up the receiver. You need to get back on the phone with him and act like nothing's wrong. Don't let him know you're on to him. Keiko numbly held the receiver and clicked the line back over to the radio host. It sounded like he was cackling. Hello? She said. Hello! I'm back! Is that still you at the radio station? Her voice echoed on the radio after a short delay. She then realized he was indeed laughing slowly. Then he took in a deep, exaggerated breath. At last she asked, What are you going to do with us? Why, caller, he said. Why would you think we're going to do anything to you? We're all friends here in beautiful Burbank. It's a friendly town, don't you know? Now where exactly are you within the walls of the BWP? I assume the control room, but that's a large structure. We may need help navigating through it. Nestor met Tommy entering the front door with the weapons and said, we need to get ready to defend the building. We closed the gate behind us, Tommy said. The zombies won't get in. That's not what we have to worry about now, Nestor said. 
Some crazy group of people learned where we are. He grabbed a long-range rifle and told them to arm themselves and get ready. Nestor then hurried away toward one of the towers. Tommy, Nasiba, and Ken brought in the remaining guns and split the best automatic weapons among themselves. They then took positions where they thought intruders might try to get in. Keiko patched the radio into the intercom system so everyone could hear what the radio host was saying. Suddenly, triumphant sport music began playing. The DJ soon returned, saying, Hello everyone, and welcome to the main event! Over at BWP, we have a few survivors selfishly hoarding the power plant all to themselves. Will they survive this day? We will just have to wait and see. It's hard to see where they're at within the compound, but we know one lovely lady is in the control room. From his perch at the top of the tower, Nestor peered at the ground, searching for people coming at the building. He spotted two of them approaching from the south. Then another from the southeast shot at him, hitting the pipe he was beside and causing steam to gush out. Over the radio, the DJ announced, And what is this? More survivors coming back home? Nestor turned to see the car bearing the ones from the drugstore and the clothing store racing down Magnolia Boulevard, pursued by zombies. The DJ's voice over the intercom continued, Car number one is racing down the home stretch, folks! It's no competition between them and the zombies. The car's got it by a long shot. But oh, speaking of shots, they just got one in their front right tire. And now the car's spinning. And now it's tumbling end over end. The windows are shattering. The roof is collapsing. I don't think anyone's going to survive this tragedy. Oh, the humanity. When the car finally came to a stop on its roof, the injured survivors worked their way toward the windows to climb out. One of them, Eileen, wasn't moving. She had been partially thrown out of the window and was impaled on the broken glass. Mason was unconscious, but Carrie felt his pulse and found he was still alive, so she drug him out of the car. What a surprise, folks! Five of them are still standing! Well, four are anyway. One is dragging them down. They better leave that one behind as food for the dead or he's going to be dead weight. The survivors of the crash were just close enough to the BWP to hear the DJ's voice inside, but it felt like miles as the wall of zombies closed in around them. Claire noticed that a few of the faces in the crowd did not look as zoned as most of the zombies did, and their skin was not as rotted. These individuals were staring directly at them, and carrying guns! Carrie, she said, eyeing the one with the guns. Carrie saw them, and she shook Mason, trying to get him to wake up. And what's this? the DJ exclaimed. Why, we have a regular celebrity in the midst today! It's Seth freaking Rogan! Won't Kim Jong-un be pleased? An older woman's came over the walkie-talkie. It was Trish, still stranded at DIY. She asked what was happening. Everything had gone silent. No one at BWP responded. Instead, Derek filled her in. I know where the broadcasting station is, so we're going there to take this a-hole out. Then he told Trish to sit tight, and they'd be coming back for her when everything cleared up a bit. Trish said okay, but looking at Bill, it didn't seem like they had much time. He was groaning in pain now, fading away into unconsciousness and the passing zombies were slowing, looking over curiously, beginning to notice something in the small cage next to the DIY building. Tune in next week to find out what happens next, and if you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!